My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Fine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Hey guys, Alex popping in just before we get into today's show to remind you to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review if you haven't done those things already. We have some awesome things planned for 2022 and want you to be around to hear about them. So remember, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review if your app allows it. If it doesn't, we do have a link in the show notes that'll take you to Podchaser, which is basically the IMDb of podcasts. Thanks for dropping that review, and thanks for listening. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined, finally, by Ari Johnson. Ari is easily one of my favorite people. She's also my favorite homeschool kid. Of course, that's not all there is to her identity. She's also got strong opinions about everything. Let's see if we can hear some of those today. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Ari Johnson, welcome to My Wax Museum. Hello! So excited to finally be here. <laughs> yeah, finally. I've been trying and trying and trying and trying forever to get Ari Johnson on the podcast. I've had a few guests like that, actually, where I've like asked multiple times, and then eventually they're like, Okay, I feel ready. I feel That's like it's true. time. Yeah. We've been talking about this for what, like three years. That's probably how long oh, it's taken. Yeah. Like you It's a it's been a while. It's ridiculous. Well, because we we would have talked about it when I was starting it, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 And uh yeah, okay. So fill the audience in. How do we know each other? Is there a specific moment where you remember us meeting and you wanna tell the story? Um, yeah. So I was trying to think of this. Um, and I was like, what, how did that happen? So I guess to start, my name's Ari Johnson. I'm from Orem, Utah, not Provo, Orem. It's important. And I got called on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to Calgary, Canada. And I think it was my, I think it was the first day, the first day that I was there. We had a lesson that night at the church. You were there in that lesson. And I, it took me probably a solid week to like think of the first time that we had met because you get to know a person for so long and all the memories just sort of become one and it's hard to like identify. But that, I think that night I remember thinking, oh wow, like Alex is a yeah, quirky person, quirky guy, but I don't know. Like we really got to know each other more, the more that we saw, because it wasn't even that long. I think you asked me who I was. You were like, let's take a photo. And I was like, sure. And then it was, I don't know, moved on. Do you know what? We actually met before that. Are you kidding? Okay, I can't see. I can't even remember anymore. I was trying so hard to think. Yeah, you remember your trip to Scotland? I was there. Just kidding. That would have been crazy, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That would have been crazy. <laughs> you were the guy that took yeah. my picture. What? Uh, no, you. Uh, <laughs> we met at church. It was general conference weekend. I think that was the first time we met. And, You're right. and you were with Tess, previous yes. guest of the show. I just interviewed Tess, actually, in the world of the show, like in the podcast release schedule, six weeks ago. So her episode was like 115 or something. So these will kind of mesh together, maybe. Not at all. I think they're going to be completely different conversations <laughs> <laughs> from one to the other. Hey, 
I I remember that. You're right. You were on a bench. I can see I, you were on a bench. We walked in. She was like, this is Alex Williams. It was during that conference. You're right. That is That is where we first met. And yeah, yeah. So good times, good times. And now that was four years ago? It was four years. Can you believe that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. By the time the episode comes out, it's going to be like four and a half years. (laughs) I thought you were going to say like six or something. I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not recorded that far ahead. Not yet. Anyways, I'm working on it. Um. So, yeah. Okay, so that's how we know each other. You mentioned you're from Orem. Are you from Orem originally? Yes. Born and raised in Orem. Only moved to Texas for 18 months, then came right back to Orem. So it is really like my hometown, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I guess, okay, other than not being Provo, what's the coolest thing about Orem? Orem is, everyone says Orem is just the most average place on the face of the map there's just really nothing unique about it and honestly to me that is what makes Orem so amazing it is the it is just the best there's there's no like people don't come to Orem to start some sort of radical parade they don't come to Orem to to shoot people they don't come people just come to Orem to live and to be close to the nearest cafe Rio and to be close to a bunch of different temples and to have an awesome library and it's so it's it's averageness i think is what makes it beautiful and we're also just close to everything without having to live in the attention all the time i love it you you mentioned cafe rio and unfortunately we don't have cafe rio in canada but i i do have a costa vita gift card so it's like the next best thing, I guess, right? Yeah, that's what, yeah, or the first best thing, as some people like to argue. <laughs> but they're wrong, right, Ari? They are wrong, yes. I believe that is the truth. <laughs> that should have been your your uh, unpopular opinion. Actually, I it don't know if that... Actually, I have so many unpopular opinions, and it's like, which one is which one do I want to rant about today? That's kind of how it goes with me. Yeah. And some people are like, whoa, I didn't... Whoa, I guess she's ranting about food today versus politics i don't know it just depends on the day i wake up with a rant fresh ready to go i i feel like that's very incredibly wildly accurate because every every conversation i've ever had with you somehow leads into not like an argument but just like a hey listen you know why the heck are you doing that or you know from either from either side of us i feel like we have a lot of disagreements between the two of we us. We do. You're, and you're right. It's not an argument. It's more like, I just have never thought about this and I've just taken a position and I just need you to hear me out and then we can move on. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It works. Okay. So tell me, tell me about your life as a child. You were once a child. Um, yeah. What, what went on? What was like the funnest part or how would you highlight your growing up experience? So I was uh, the second oldest child and I was born at home in my house in my parents' room with a midwife. That's really where it all started. My parents are uh, actually pretty average people for the most part. And they, for some reason, did not transfer any of that averageness into their own parenting style. So everything that can be different about my upbringing really is. So it started with 
I was a home birth and a midwife and there was all my aunts were there to watch it and it was so cool, whatever. I was born and my parents right off the bat, as soon as I was old enough to go to school, they homeschooled my older sister and I, and we were homeschooled all the way through. So all the way, even through high school, schooled in the home, probably the, the biggest, I don't know, the, the most different, one of the most different things about me. Um, and I had a good, I read a really good childhood. Most of my childhood is, I, I don't remember the moment that I learned to read a book, but my mom tells me it was early. And that is, that is sort of the defining moment of my childhood. And also most of my life is just reading. I just read and read. And I don't remember, I don't remember times when I was not reading or didn't have a book that I could read. So that's what I did for most of my upbringing. I read and when I didn't read, I argued with people, probably bugged them. And then people told me to go read again. So I would stop bugging the crap out of them. So it's just a mix between those things. But it was, yeah, it was a great childhood. And I learned a lot from an early age from books that I realized today a lot of people don't learn because they don't read as much. So that was really a, a blessing and a really cool ability that I had early on. That is really cool. And we've we've had a lot of conversations i've had conversations with your mom about homeschooling too and and kind of how you guys did it and i just feel like you and your family and your parents are just so unorthodox in like every single way like you're like oh yeah i was homeschooled but then i know from my conversations with your mom like that wasn't even it wasn't like orthodox homeschooling either though right like everything about the way you guys live i don't know it just always seems like oh that's surprising yeah you're right she she yeah she built her own curriculum so she didn't use a homeschool curriculum that already existed sort of built her own and and styled it to our needs but yeah even like health you've probably you've been to our house and eaten our food as well and this is a this is sort of a trend in the homeschooling world every homeschool family they always have a vitamix they always have a Bosch, a Bosch, Bosch, I don't know, some weird word, um, kitchen mixer. And they always make these healthy concoctions inside of these machines that they have. But yeah, so health was unorthodox. We were always trying the new, the new next diet. And we were doing this, this strange homeschooling curriculum that we had invented ourselves. And so you're right. Yeah. Unorthodox is a good way to describe it. We liked being sort of different unplug from the system that's our that's my dad's big mantra unplug from the system get outside of the box that was sort of the whole the whole theme of it all so what like i don't know as a as a kid do you have something specific that you look at and say like oh yeah my family is unplugged from the system it was well it was always with um it was always with trips i mean we would take we always take if you're homeschooled you always take trips in the off season because you're smart and we'd always go on these trips and i mean to disneyland to california to st george or even a snow day we'd go out and sled and it was just weird that i mean there's just not a living soul around and we're like where's all like do kids exist where's all the kids and it you like you kind of learn as you get older oh they're in school like what is this and school and like when you kind of see it from that lens you're like oh my gosh kids are in school for that many months a year this is like prison like why are we even calling that school but yeah we, we were like we were kind of isolated to some extent when we went on trips and when we did snow days and stuff and where are the other kids and we were like oh wow we're doing we really do things 
differently because nobody else came out to play with us in the middle of the day in the month of November because they were all in school. So kind of interesting. What a bunch of jokers, like going to school. What are they thinking? What? Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so now you're an adult, though. Like, what what do you do that that kind of continues this trend? Have you decided to plug yourself back into the Matrix? Or, you, you know, like, how do you live your life now after having been raised that way? Um, yeah, I think that's that's a great question because I think I do... I mean, you can't be you can't be so unplugged from different systems. And I'm not even just talking about the school system. So many different systems like and ideologies that we have not participated in as much. And you can't just grow up 18 years outside of these systems and then suddenly go back into them and be like, oh, whatever. Finally, my dream, I get to go back into the system. And, and so I've been offered sort of an outside look inside these different ideologies and these different systems and that's had and that breeds both like positive and negative thoughts but i don't think there's i don't think i can ever just be a normal person and and what does that even mean i'm not i'm, I'm like classifying everybody i'm being such a jerk like everybody's normal and i'm so exceptional i'm not saying that but i can never put myself into these systems and just pretend that i haven't seen them from a different lens than everybody else and so i think that is still a that, that's a huge part of my adult life is, and I think bringing awareness to other people of, of, we just systems, this is how systems work. You get put in them and then you kind of learn to not ask questions and then they kind of spit you out of them and you move on and you've never, you never really questioned what happened. And I think it's important that all of us question any system or any lifestyle that we've been a part of, look back on it and say, what were the benefits? What were the negative aspects? And a lot of people kind of struggle to do that. That's sort of the, the nature of systems. They don't really force you to question the thing that made you who you are. And I like to, I like to bring people to awareness about that. Like what are, yeah, what, how did that change your life? What are the problems? What are the benefits? And, and I think that's a big part of growing up and will continue to be a big part of my life. Interesting. Yeah. And you, you definitely are like a very curious question or curious question. You're a curious person. And I feel like <laughs> In our conversations that we that we just have regularly, that shows because we we talk about a lot of different subjects and ask questions about a lot of different things. And so, what is though? I, this is just a curiosity for me. What is one of the things from growing up that you're like, uh, I can leave that one behind? Like, what's something from the you know the system, the unplugged system that you're like, well. Maybe I'll do it a little bit differently. There's there's so much to sort through, but uh, I think there is a a tendency. And this is kind of in homeschooling, but also just in home centered education. There's a tendency to sort of become or or do exactly what your parents did, and become what your parents were, and to just sort of replicate whatever they did. And that can get, and a, lot, and a lot of times you see people rebel sort of against that. They say, no, I'm doing the exact opposite. And I don't know that, that that's not what I need to do, but the world changes from generation to generation so much. And whatever your parents did with you does not necessarily mean that you doing the same thing 
with your life and with your future kids will be beneficial. And, and that's sort of an expectation sometimes in unorthodoxy that in our unorthodoxy, we continue this sort of forever. And that's not, I don't think that's true. There's, you can bring in different things and take out different things. And so that, sort of that expectation, I think is, I'm okay to let that go. I'm okay to say, I know this is how you did it, mom and dad, but pass, I'm, I could do something different if I would ever want to. Well, and I think knowing your parents, they're not like against that. They're not going to be like, what? You didn't, you didn't do it exactly the way that we did it. You know, shame on you, Ari. Shame. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be like that. But I see, I, mean, I see it a lot. I see a lot of parents who do think, and we've talked, we've talked about this. We've talked about families like the Duggar family, 19 kids and counting. And that, I don't know, you see a little bit of that. Like we wear skirts and we have we are all christian and we all go to church and you have seen their kids if you're a duggar fan like myself and you follow them and you watch all their weddings you see them kind of like set their own paths like i'm gonna wear jeans and it's like what then you get over it and you're like yeah that's fine i realize that's not that sketchy but i yeah i think it's okay to say jeans are not jeans are fine and to say my parents did this i'm doing something else but my foundation is still strong and still the same i like that so what is the best thing that you're taking away from your childhood and implementing in your life? The best thing, the, the strongest thing is, and this, this is such like, this is just the heart, I think, of the problem, like a big problem in society today, is this expectation. Like the word expectation, I just think it's so harmful today. And there is so many expectations, specifically at school. And, and they're in homeschool as well, I guess. Uh, but like the expectation to go to school and to graduate and then to go to college and then to get married and then to have kids. And when you don't fulfill these expectations, the person that gets hurt the most is, is pretty much you. It's your self-confidence that gets wounded and it's you that gets hurt by that. And at the end of the day, expectations, like we sometimes forget that expectations are just a standard, the standard set by society. And we've agreed to follow them. Why? I don't know. But the being unorthodox, being out of the system, you are able to see expectations as, as yeah, a standard, a, a societal standard and being outside of it. It's, it's just so calming. It's so relaxing to say, I'm not doing it that way. And it's okay because nobody has to do it that way, even though society says we have to do it that way. And I, that has just been so freeing my whole life. That's been so freeing to not have to follow any of those expectations rigidly. Yeah. I think it's interesting when you take a step back and you, you look at things from a little further back and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> you know, like why, you know, why am I doing it that way? Right. And you can really analyze and, and consider if you want to continue doing it that way. Hey guys, Future Alex here, just popping in to remind you that we love it when you leave a review. If you have done so already, thank you super many much. If not, you might be able to do that in your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't, just go into the show notes. There's a link in there that'll take you to Podchaser, which is basically the IMDb of podcasts. There you can leave us a review which makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside and lets us know how we're doing. Now, back to the show. As you, as you move forward, maybe let's start moving into more of your future and start looking at that. 
what, uh, what are your plans? What are you working on right now? So I got back from the mission and I had no real college plans. Everyone says I'm anti-college and I'm not, I don't like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I, hopefully I've never said that I'm not anti-college, but the university, university system, college system, whether you're in Canada, or the U S whatever you want to call it is, it is a system. And if you go into it, you will come out with maybe things you didn't want. And I've been, I've been aware of that and cautious of that. And so I haven't just been like, oh, I'm going to college like everybody else, because that just hasn't, that hasn't been the story of my life. So I came home with no real college plans from the mission. And I just worked, I'm a big traveler. I like to travel. So I just work, traveled, work, traveled. And of course, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out for you. Where are you going to school? And I was like, I don't know right now. And I was speaking at a friend's wedding. She asked me to write a speech for her. And I wrote this amazing speech and I gave it. And someone in the back of the room was just laughing his head off. Never met him in my life. But he came up to me after and was like, I have a school that I think you should go to. And I was like, okay. And he gave me the paper and I. Uh, went through the admissions process and I got accepted into this really small school up in Salt Lake and it's a liberal arts college and I always say that and people are like oh my gosh you're learning how to be a liberal I'm like no <laughs> not really exactly liberal arts is another just antiquated outdated thing that we don't really understand today but it's it's a liberal arts school the whole purpose of the school is to give you an education not a trade and they always say we hope you know that after you graduate from here, you will be unemployable. And it's this positive message they promote to us because the purpose of education has, it, it used to be that you shouldn't be employable, but that you were educated. And then after you were educated, you could go and learn a trade and you could join the workforce. And so they're not anti-workforce, they're not anti-joining the world and getting a job, but they want you to be educated with no other with no other problems, like coming in on that education of like, I need to learn a trade and learn a skill. No, you are simply here to learn about the great conversation and the great ideas that have existed since the beginning of time. And so that's where I'm at now. And people say, what are you going to do with your future? Oh my gosh, well, I'm freaking out for you. I don't know. I Things have a way of falling into my path. And right now I'm just really happy with where I am. I'm loving what I'm learning. And I, it's, it's good. It's great. So I don't have a super concrete future plan, except that I know that what I'm doing is really awesome and I love it. And I think it's where I'm supposed to be right now. That That is really cool. And if this wasn't uh, a podcast specifically about your life and your experience, I feel like that would definitely balloon into a longer conversation about education. And like, absolutely. That is a, that is the conversation. That's like, that is the educational conversation. I mean, it's just such a big, it's a huge conversation. It could go on for days, yeah. months. Yeah. And I'll probably ask you more about it and, and share some more of my thoughts about it uh, af after we hop off the recording here. Cause I, I do think it's very fascinating. I want to hear more about it. So I guess though, looking, looking at your life as we lead into kind of the tail end of the interview, what are your plans with being unemployable? Like, do you have, do you have any idea of what you 
I guess expect is definitely the wrong word in this in this interview. But any any plans for what you hope to happen or what you think might happen? I I've mentioned I mentioned this before. I love books. At the heart of everything I love, I love books. And I would love to work with books in some form in the future, whether that's with like publishing or editing or as a librarian um, that's not old and matronly. I don't know, but I love books and I think working with books would be really fun. I also like, I like to teach and people say, oh, you should go teach. Oh my gosh, the, the public school could use you. You would be so, you'd be such an asset. And like, maybe that's true. I don't know. I don't know anything about the public school system and how teaching works, but I can't, I can't, I cannot conform. I don't conform well. And I can't conform to um, public teaching methods. So it's not, I don't know that being a teacher is in my future, but I also believe that being a teacher is in everybody's future and that everybody should learn how to teach to some extent, because anytime you talk to a person, you are teaching. And I love teaching. I love sharing pe with people what I love and what I learn, and I love educating people. So those, those are kind of my ideas for the future. Um, obviously, getting married maybe in the future as well, having kids, being a mom. Um, but yeah, some working with books, working with people, working with, I just love, I don't know, I just love learning about the world and the humanities are so fun and cultures are so fun and traveling so fun. So that could lead me in a lot of different places, but that's what I love. That's sort of what I'm looking towards in the future. But right now I'm just sort of in the middle of it all and I'm having a great time. Interesting. Okay. So this, this theme of teaching, of sharing things with people in our, in our quick questions, I always ask people beforehand, if you don't know what the quick questions are, go check out our Instagram, uh, dear listener, hint, hint. Uh, but in our quick questions beforehand, I always ask if there's one thing you could tell the world, what would it be? You mentioned about spices in the cupboard and how these herbs and spices can help heal you and all of these things. But it sounds like you have a lot of other things that you would like to share with the world. So what are some of the most important things that you would like to teach people? Right now, my biggest, my biggest kick right now that I'm on this role is that we need to stop applying old solutions to new problems. And I'm sort of direct, I sort of direct that towards like 40 and 50 year olds who just keep being like in my day, in my day. And I'm like, this is not your day. Social media is different. Uh, the whole social world is different. Politics are different. Everything's different. That's one of them. Another one you mentioned, herbal remedies. People have sore throats all the time. Oh my gosh, I have a sore throat. They go to the doctor, they pay this giant bill. The doctor gives them this antibiotic. And I'm like, what, why are people, I don't know. I have this whole thing. Why do you go to the doctor for something your body is perfectly capable of curing itself? And the things that you have to help yourself are in your cupboard already. If it's something like cancer, I am not advocating that you add some cayenne to it and it's going to be fine. Go to the doctor. I am not, I do not deny modern medicine, but that's another thing. Um, another thing is learning how to educate in the home. COVID has really has really just caused a lot of problems and now kids are home and parents are like I don't know what to do with my kids and I'm like I don't know maybe teach them that's what you're supposed to do and learn how best to teach your child because you've given too much responsibility to the school teachers 
Um, what's another one that I think is really important? Classical music. Why does everybody hate it all the time? Why can we only listen to pop music that just talks about love, sex, and drugs? Can we just have some wholesome music for five seconds in our lives? That's another one. Um, Education is always a big one. I just mentioned that. Um, chocolate chip cookies. I'm really passionate about those. Why are we making them with Crisco? They should only be made with butter. Amen. And so I'm not a fan of any recipes that use animal fat to make cookies. Um, health is another huge one. We are not consuming enough vegetables as a society, and we could be better at incorporating those into our gut before we all kill ourselves by eating goldfish all day. Um, connecting with our ancestors, that's a huge one for me. Um, and the history and the story, because that is gonna have such an impact on who you are, because your roots are who you are. And so you are more than just who you think you are. You are generations of people and cultures that have made you who you are. Um, economics, that's another big one for me right now. We need to be teaching economics in schools. I don't know why people don't have a basic understanding of economics these days. It's a problem. And I think we would learn a lot by teaching that in schools. This is back to education. So you can see a lot of them kind of uh, stem around education. I guess that's just sort of what I've been around. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's sort of my that's my list for right now. Add any more if you feel like I've ranted to you about any more things, Alex. But that's what I'm coming up with right now. I love it. I love how it, it comes full, full circle. At the beginning, we kind of mentioned a little bit about your unpopular opinions. And now we're like getting all of them out <laughs> and they're all coming out. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> you have so many, too. And uh there's so many. Yeah, the whole podcast could have been. Yeah, honestly. we could have just been unpopular opinions with Ari, where you just go off. Um, can't wait for you to start your new podcast, um, <laughs> <laughs> where you just you could just turn on the mic once a week. Dude, I get that all the time. People are like, "You should start a podcast," and I'm like, "But should I?" Like, is the isn't the podcast world sort of oversaturated? Like, why would I need to add to that? Not oversaturated at all. Not at all. There are some things that are definitely oversaturated, but there are more shows being made all the time, people having a great time. And and there aren't, like, it hasn't reached, like, a critical mass of people consuming podcasts either. So there's a lot of room for growth, right? Everybody goes to the movies. Not everybody consumes podcasts yet. So I got to get on. I got to get on before it becomes oversaturated. You got to get on. I will produce it. I will help you. I will help you. I can't, I can't wait for it to start. <laughs> um, but as, as we kind of wrap up here, do you have a big goal for your future? Something huge that you're like, that's what I'd love to accomplish. I, my, I guess my biggest goal for the future is to... learn as much as possible from my surroundings, uh, from people, from history. And with learning, I think, like I mentioned this already, always comes sharing. Because I think if you learn so much, what's the point if you learn so much and it never gets shared? I just feel like it's kind of wasted. So to learn as much as possible and to share it, there's a famous quote from Edmund Burke, uh, 
those who do not remember history are doomed to repeat it. And that has a lot of different variations. But I sometimes think, I hope we do repeat history because there's been some pretty epic things that have happened. And I hope that we remember enough to repeat some of the amazing things that have happened, but it all comes down to learning and remembering. And if you can't learn and remember, you can't repeat any of those. And then you can repeat the, the bad things that have happened because you don't really know how to prevent them. So to learn and to share as much as possible, I think that's sort of my overall goal for my life. I like that. And I guess this final question ties in with that, that at the end of your life, when you've hopefully accomplished this goal and done many other things and had plenty of other experiences, when you're looking back on it all, what do you think are the things you're most proud of and satisfied with? I think obvious answers like um, family and uh, friends, but in a very specific sense, I, as you know, have looked for the perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe, uh, spent a lot of time, years, and I'm sort of still looking. I found one that I'm satisfied with right now, but I am still looking. Um, that I'm proud of that. I, I hope to look back and say, yeah, that was time well spent because it's been well spent thus far. Uh, lately, I've taken an interest in Norwegian music, Scandinavian fiddling, and I bought a very expensive uh, uh, fiddle. It's called a Hardanger fiddle. And I hope to look back on my life and say, yeah, I learned to play that. And I hope to look back and say, yeah, I learned to play the bagpipes. Um, I hope to look back and say, I didn't destroy my intestines with too much with any of the food that I ate. I don't know, like those are the, like, in a very literal sense, those are the very real things that I hope to look back and say, I tried to be generally healthy. I tried to learn about cool, unique things. And I did stuff that I loved and I didn't work too hard on anything that didn't matter to me. That's, and so, and that, there's a lot of little things that fall into that. But I hope that I look back and say, that was just a good, a good, a good and wholesome time. I just had a good, wholesome experience. I love it. That's a great answer. Well, Ari, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Three years in the making and it finally happened. And thank you, not just for listening to and supporting the show, but also for listening to the people around you. Remember to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.